Morning prayer begins on page four. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Pray, praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 95 on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a, for the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Psalm 6 is on page 348. O Lord, rebuke me not in thine indignation, neither chasten me in thy displeasure. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. My soul also is sore troubled, but, Lord, how long wilt thou punish me? Turn thee, O Lord, and deliver my soul. O save me for thy mercy's sake. For in death no man remembereth thee, and who will give thee thanks in the pit? I am weary of my groaning. Every night wash I my bed, and water my couch with my tears. My beauty is gone for very trouble, and worn away because of all mine enemies. Away from me, all ye that work iniquity, for the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord hath heard my petition, and the Lord will receive my prayer. All mine enemies shall be confounded and sore vexed. They shall be turned back and put to shame suddenly. Psalm 12 on page 355. Help me, Lord, for there is not one godly man left, for the faithful are minished from among the children of men. They talk of vanity, every one with his neighbor. They do but flatter with their lips and disassemble in their troubled hearts. The Lord shall root out all deceitful lips and the tongue that speaketh proud things. Which have said, With our tongues we will prevail. We are they that ought to speak who the Lord over us. Now for the comfortless troubles, sake of the needy, and because of the deep sighing of the poor. I will up, saith the Lord, and will help every one from him that swelleth against him, and will set him at rest. The words of the Lord are pure words, even as the silver which from the earth is tried, and purified seven times in the fire. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. 
The ungodly walk on every side. When they are exalted, the children of men are put to rebuke. Here beginneth the 14th chapter of the book of Hosea. O Israel, return to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, Take away all iniquity. Receive us graciously, for we will offer the sacrifice of our lips. Assyria shall not save us. We will not ride on horses, nor will we say any more to the work of our hands, You are our gods, for in you the fatherless finds mercy. I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely, for my anger has turned away from him. I will be like the dew to Israel. He shall grow like the lily, and lengthen his roots like Lebanon. His branches shall spread, his beauty shall be like an olive tree, and his fragrance like Lebanon. Those who dwell under his shadow shall return. They shall be revived like grain, and grow like a vine. Their scent shall be like the wine of Lebanon. Ephraim shall say, What have I to do any more with idols? I have heard and observed him. I am like a green cypress tree. Your fruit is found in me. Who is wise? Let him understand these things. Who is prudent? Let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right. The righteous walk in them, but transgressors stumble in them. Here endeth the first lesson. Benedictus S. on page 11. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou on the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Here beginneth the fifteenth chapter of the Gospel according to St. John. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away and every branch that bears fruit he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. 
These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that you, than you lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does know not what his master is doing. But I have called you my friends, for all things that I heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Here endeth the second lesson. Benedictus on page 14. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers, and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people, for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Lord God, whose blessed Son, our Savior, gave his back to the smiters and hid not his face from shame, grant us grace to take joyfully the sufferings of the present time in full assurance of the glory that shall be revealed through the same thy Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
Almighty and everlasting God, who of thy tender love towards mankind has sent thy Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, to take upon him our flesh, and to suffer death upon the cross, that all mankind should follow the example of his great humility. Mercifully grant that we may both follow the example of his patience, and also be made partakers of his resurrection, through the same Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any of adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant this, this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Morning to all. Our lesson from Hosea today, um, chapter 14, it's helpful to know some of the background on the on the Hosea story. Uh, Hosea the prophet was commanded by God to marry a woman named Gomer, who turned out to be unfaithful um, to him. And uh, what God said to Hosea was, well, now you know what it's like being married to Israel, because one of the preeminent images of Israel in the prophetic books, especially in Ezekiel and in places in Jeremiah, and of course Hosea, is that is that he, God likens Israel to an unfaithful woman, a woman um, to whom God, God married Israel, God made a covenant relationship with her, but she was unfaithful in, in um, not keeping the covenant. And, and in this lesson, we there's an allusion to the two primary things that Israel did that marked her unfaithfulness. Um, it says that uh, we will not um, we will not ride on horses, nor will we say to the work of our hands, "You are our gods." <clears throat> and the, the 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 primary complaint God had against Israel is she made um, rather than trusting in God um, in her prayer, she made alliances with foreign rulers. This began with King Solomon, where in that um, chapter about in Kings, it says Solomon loved many foreign women, and he, he made these marriage treaties with, with various foreign nations where he would marry the, the prince of a, of a foreign king and that a princess, and she would come to Israel and, and live, but she would also be allowed to set up a shrine to her God in Israel. And this is the way Solomon made made arrangements that were economically profitable and advantageous but they but they undermined devotion to the god of israel and then the um the the idol the actual idol worship where it would be the kind of thing where israel would um local israelites would would participate in maybe local pagan rituals in the region they lived but then also go to the temple you know and pray to the lord god in the, in the temple and that was kind of a local compromise based on the older 
theology that, you know, the various gods presided over various areas geographically. So when you were in this area, you had to make this compromise. And then, you you know, you could also then go worship the God of Israel. And so this kind of, you know, this this translates for us into the idea, I think, that, that um, you know, that you can't really follow God everywhere. You know, you have to make certain compromises at work or in other areas of life because that's just the way the world is and you got to do those things to get by. That's a kind of idolatry saying, you know, God only, you know, the worship of God only works in church. You can't do it in the actual reality of life. And um, and then also making compromises, making moral compromises with the powers that be to, to get by as opposed to holding on to our trust in God and not being willing to make those compromises, even though it may look like it's um, it provides some immediate advantage. And um, this kind of connects to our New Testament lesson about the vine and the branches, because um, the problem with compromise, whether it be compromise in, in, in moral compromise and worship or making arrangements that are compromising with, with the powers that be, is that they all have this idea that they, um, or the reality that they provide some immediate relief from our, our struggle, but they distance us from God, who is the real source of our life. And this idea of I'm the vine, you're the branches, um, the image that are, we are organically connected to God. Literally, our life is in him. For us, we, we find this in the reality of our baptism, which we'll renew on Easter. We're, we're baptized into Christ. The Holy Spirit is given to us like a planted seed. And as we live in Christ, live the life of prayer daily, you know, living in him, uh, receiving the grace of the sacrament, uh, and we abide in him, this life in, in us grows and begins to bear fruit, principally in, in the good works we do, also in good work we do done in love, but also in the freedom from compromise with, with things that are not consistent with the life we have in him. And just like Israel's tempted to make temporal arrangements when we do that, when we when we um, become unfaithful, we actually disconnect ourselves from the vine, and we might find some temporal benefit in in something we do. But we're now we're not abiding in Christ, and it's like a, a a branch of a tree. You know, you can you can cut it off, and it looks alive for a while. But now, having been removed from the source of life, it's just going to die eventually. So, whatever temporal arrangement we make in the world to get by for a little while. If, if it separates us from Christ, it just results in, in death. And so the, the reality that our salvation is in Christ and, and the, the um, exhortation to faithfulness not be the unfaithful woman. And this image of the unfaithful woman comes into the New Testament in the contrast. It's made most uh, graphically in Revelation where um, the whore of uh, Babylon in Revelation 17 is the unfaithful woman who's on the back of the beast. She's made compromises with with foreign rulers, and I believe very clearly that this mean this refers to God's unfaithful people, not some. Uh, and then is contrasted with with the bride of Christ, the woman in the woman clothed with the sun, 
and then the bride who's who's uh, given grace to to be dressed in linen bright and pure, which are the righteous deeds of the saints, which ties right into John's gospel and the bearing of fruit. And so as we as we um, close Lent out in Holy Week, we think about our good confession. That's the kind of thing we might want to think about. Where are our compromises? How have we, you know, say we'll ride on horses, that is, we'll trust in some secular power to get us by rather than abiding in our prayer or or where have we made those moral compromises that like we don't really believe God will be able to save us if we if we do everything he says so we have to make this little allowance here and there and and how do we and the point of of our confession then is how have we um removed ourselves from the vine because the problem is when we do that it seems good but then we start to die we start to die off the vine and so the, the, the good confession is how do we reconnect ourselves to the vines? We live more fully in Christ. His life flows through us. It manifests itself in good works and in answered prayer. Whatever we ask, we receive. And I think the main contrast here is between things that seem expedient in the short run. That's what Israel fell into temptation. We're afraid of some threat. Okay, let's make a let's make a uh, alliance with a, a foreign country to save us or you know, um, it, it seems expedient to make some local moral compromise to get by, and in the long run, it, it gives some short-term benefit, and the long run ends up being disastrous, whereas life in Christ works the opposite way. In the short term, we're called to endure some pain and suffering, endure some testing, to abide in him, to, to, to remain in Christ, but after the in, in initial period of testing, that life manifests itself, we, we make it through, we're strengthened in faith, um, fruit begins to grow in the good works and, and faith is deepened because it's been tested. And so that's kind of the thing where, as we bring Lent to a close to, to, to try to try to think of a confession in terms of, of getting rid of those areas of compromise, living more fully in the vine and abiding in it so that the life of Christ can bear fruit in our lives. So a few thoughts about today's lessons. God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold the faith and unity of spirit, in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed, in mind, body, or estate, especially those for whom we make our prayers at this time. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings, and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. 
Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless Thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for Thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech Thee, give us that due sense of all Thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth Thy praise not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to Thy service and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Good to pray with you this morning. Stay connected to the vine and have a good Tuesday. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Deacon Bob. Thank you, Bishop Scarlett. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Thank you.